ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I am your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and you are listening to The Raider and the Saint. Once again, I want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in. I am your host, once again, Stephen G. Gaxiola. And yes, you are listening to the Raider and the Saint podcast. Today's date is Sunday, May 23rd. The year is 2021. I want to thank my past guest, Eve, the High Priestess. Uh, High Priestess Eve. My bad. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show. It was an honor to have you on the show. Uh, to learn about tarot and psychic readings and stuff like that. That, that, that stuff blew my mind. That's why we went uh, almost two hours. Uh, it was something I wanted to learn. Uh, never knew anything about stuff like that. I kind of stepped away from it. I thought it was about dark magic and evilness. But believe it or not, it's some good in this world. And, and it's definitely uh, you guys. So thank you once again, Eve and um, uh, Madi, Mary. Thank you for coming also and, and introducing me to uh, Eve. It was an honor, and I can't wait to get you guys back on. And, and thank you for the gifts, too. Thank you for the oils. Um, I have them right here on my, my mantle over here next to all my other goodies. Uh, once again, thank you. Uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, Want to give a little bit, uh, talk about a little bit yesterday, what's been going on. If you guys follow me on Instagram or uh, you look at my videos on YouTube, I'm a big Teamster member, or I, I'm a Teamster, uh, Teamster down to the bone. And we got a big election coming up with uh, Hoffa Jr. stepping down. So Ron Herrera is running for secretary treasurer. He's out of 396. And then you got Vaidma. I think his name's first name Steven, if I'm correct. Steve Vaidma. If I'm, if I'm wrong, don't hang me for it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, there was a rally yesterday at Long Beach, California, local 848. I went to the rally. It was an awesome rally. Uh, I, it, it was something that uh, I think everybody that's a Teamster needs to experience. Uh, this is a big election. This is a big election for not just California, but for the whole United States and Canada as well. Uh, you know, you, you guys want your pension protected or you want your pension to grow. Uh, these guys will do it for you. You know, I, I'm campaigning for them. This is who I'm going to be voting for. And I was honored to be there and been able to hang out and hear them speak. So, yeah, I did do a video on Ron speaking. Uh, it's like a short 10-minute clip. It's on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, go to YouTube, type in The Raider and the Saint. Uh, my channel will pop up, and it's like a 10-minute clip of uh, Ron giving a speech. Uh, great public speaker. I was I'm really excited to be there, man. It was, it was really excited. Uh, I don't know if it's from COVID. You know, we all haven't been able to get together and do our local monthly meetings at, at our locals. Uh I don't, I don't know what it was. Uh, I, I kept getting goosebumps, man. I kept getting uh, just excited and just being cool. Everybody's loving. Everyone's cool. Handshakes. And, I mean, I brought business cards not business cards for the podcast. I was handing them out. And I was timid. You know, I only took a couple. Like, I think I took, like, 30. I bought 500 cards. I got my own business cards, by the way, folks. Uh, with the Q&R code, that will take you directly to my, my, uh, my streams. But it was weird. Uh, I, I, I was 10 minutes. I only took 30. I should have took more because they went quick. People, I would give one and they asked for more. They, hey, can we get more so I can pass them out to my, my friends? And, man, I didn't see so much. I, I, I did, have never seen so much love in one place. People respecting each other, handshakes, hugs. We were all in unity. It, w- it was amazing to uh, be there and experience it. Uh, shout out to my boy Terry Diggs who, bring, who brought his RV. We were hanging out in front of the RV for a bit. 
and just meeting people, greeting people, and uh, just doing our part. You know, being a teamster doesn't stop when you leave leave work and clock out. You know, it it, it goes beyond that. You know, because this is you're always going to be tied to a teamster. You're always going to be tied to your, your a pension or uh, benefits. You're always going to come back. You know. So one thing that Ron did say, first thing he said was shout out to retirees, and yes, shout out to all the retirees that that tune into this podcast as well. Uh, you know, you guys are you guys have paved the way for our future, and we got to continue to pave the way for our young drivers or or the young employees that work for other places like Albertson, CVS, uh, Ralph's, uh, OCTA, and, uh, the train yard, stuff like that. So uh, we got to keep things going, and, and so it was cool to get there and, and hang out. Uh, shout out to Local 848. That's where it was held out. Once again, you guys have a, a very beautiful facility. The hall, I mean, the paintings and, and everything you guys had up on there, was, was it was one of the nicest halls I've been to. And so, once again, I was honored to be there. Shout out to the Power Slate. You know, you guys that missed out, make sure to uh, not miss the next rally if we do. Uh, this is history in the making. And once again, it was an honor to be there. And shout out to everybody that was there. And, uh, you know, let's just keep going and, and show the love and show the solidarity. And uh, what was the one thing they said? Uh, don't be, be militant. We're going to be militant because, yeah, we do have an opposition that want to uh, – create a disruption uh, disruption within our uh, our teamster brotherhood you know there's one thing they said was uh, there's no uh, tda or other other different uh, sectors of like this is our group there's only one and it's teamster we're only teamsters that's it there's nothing else there's no tdu there's no other stuff that they, they talk about we're one and and it's a teamster that's it it's all about solidarity and that's it because, yeah, there is, they're all trying to start div division. That's how it works. They start, try to start division, then they try to mess you up. And uh, obviously, my local, I'm 952, we got, we got some disruption going on, but things are being held uh, accordingly. Things are getting done the way they're supposed to be. So we'll be back to where we need to be in, in the short or the near future. So once again, shout out to everyone that went to the rally, the campaign rally. Shout out to the Power Slate, Solidarity Slate, and everyone that was there. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you guys again. Like I always do on this podcast, I'm going to get right to it because we're, we're both busy men here. My guest today is my returning guest. He's a longtime uh, customer of mine. Uh, I've got to know him over the years. I don't get to see him anymore because I switched routes, but he's a good friend. Uh, Johnny Williams, welcome to the show, brother. How Thanks does it feel, man? Me. How you been? Pretty good. Um, been trying to push forward in life a little bit. Got a new job and everything. Um, pretty fun i get to work from home now which is the best so you're not um, working at chase anymore no not anymore i work at a uh, chubb insurance i'm a commercial uh insurance agent now so i do uh underwriting there i work with um it's called excess umbrella so whenever people need let's say they have a million dollars to cover whatever accidents mm -hmm. they get into they come to me saying okay we need another 10 million so mm -hmm. what can you do for us and we'll talk like that and get to know a lot of people it's pretty cool i get to Where's that? Where is it located? What city? It's is, in are uh, they LA. Franchise or Alton, LA? Yeah, some. The big buildings downtown on Flower Street in Wilshire. Really? Right there, yeah. How long has this been going on? I started there in February. Yeah, so it's pretty wow. recent, but it's fun. I like it a lot and really convenient working for me. How'd home. you find that spot? I had a buddy right as soon as I graduated and he hit me up, like just saying, Hey, what you been up to? Yada yada. Kept talking. And he was telling me how he works at this company and he was just like, Have you found a job yet after school? And I was like, no, not yet. And he was just saying, well, would you want to work here? Like, he was like, I'm not trying to recruit or anything like that, but I do think you'd be a good fit for this type of job because it's the type of, if you work in insurance, you know, it's like a go-getter. So you have to try to like mm -hmm. meet clients, meet brokers and stuff, take them out, go to lunches, happy hours, whatever it is. And he's like, I think you'd be a good fit. So started that and haven't looked back since. It's been pretty fun, you know, learning a new industry. So you've it's been crazy. there since February. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so obviously no more chase. Yeah, no more chase. Yeah, that's why folks, everyone that's listening in for the first time, uh, I've known Johnny. He was one of my customers. He worked at Chase, and he was one of the best customers because if he was working and he would see me, he wouldn't let he wouldn't even allow me to come in. He'd come <laughs> out and grab the packages from me, and he would give me the pickup I would have later. <laughs> so shout out, thank you for that, man. That's yeah, a, that's amazing, man. Save your legs, man. So. <laughs> It's amazing, dude. It's 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 scary too when you first graduate college, mm -hmm. right? You, you you work so hard, and you might have been working part time or doing or something. Maybe you weren't working, just going to school, and now all of a sudden you're out in the real world. Yeah, you know, and 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 networking is a is a big part and and growing. 
It right? Really is. It really is. I think that... Because you graduated in marketing, right? I graduated in marketing, and then we also graduated during, like, when COVID first happened, too. Hey, so it's like... Did you guys have a ceremony? No ceremony My daughter anything. didn't either. She graduated high school. Cool. We had to do that drive-by. Yeah. That's crazy. You it didn't sucks. get to graduate either. Nope. Me and my it. Me and my lady were talking about it, too. Like, mm-hmm. what, do we, what do we call this generation? The ones that didn't get that... You know, some people are like, oh, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't care either when I was at FJC and I actually graduated from there. You could graduate from there and they have ceremonies. Uh, I didn't invite anybody. I didn't yeah. invite my parents and they got all butthurt about it. Uh, but to me, it wasn't. It was like, hey, man, it's just at the halfway mark. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. But to some people, it is. It's everything. You know, and, and, and you have to look at that. I mean, obviously, we can't go back now and redo, go back in time and redo the, the ceremonies. Yeah. Stuff like did you do anything? Uh, did they do anything for you? Um. So this year, actually, they're having a graduation for people who missed the COVID graduation. Really? But, yeah, but you can't bring any guests. It's just you go up on the stage. People could watch from like a link. And I, was, I didn't think it was worth it personally, because mm-hmm. as you said, I'm not a big graduation thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so for the families and the kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was good without it, but. I was happy to graduate the show, as we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, the accomplishment of pushing through, mm-hmm. going through college, and all the transgressions that happened with that four years and everything. So I was happy with that. Did you get your diploma in the mail already? Diploma came in the mail, and I was like, cool. I never looked back since. It was a bachelor's in science, right? A uh, bachelor's in a uh, BA, so uh, arts. A oh, bachelor's yeah. in arts. I got mine in a BA, too, bachelor's in arts. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Out of all the uh, – in college, man. Mm-hmm. What did you get out of it, man? What, what did you get? I mean, obviously, I can tell you what I got out, out of it, which yeah. I will. But the big question is, because most people go, well, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to do this. Yeah. And for me, my personal opinion is it's it's not just about getting that diploma. It's it's a life. We were talking about this before the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a life lesson. You know, it, it's teaching you to grow to grind something out because nowadays people just want it now yeah right you could go on amazon right now get whatever you want yeah you go to uh to footlocker.com and and get shoes or nike.com and and get shoes and they'll be here the next day uh to the people out there that like the young kids out there too that listen to the show what do you what can you say about college you know when they say Mm -hmm. i don't want to go what did you what can you get out of it i mean what's yeah. the benefits i think as you were saying it's like it comes back to instant gratification where we as humans we want instant results so we think right as soon as we go to college we want a job or if i don't go to college like they just want to we want to make it big fast mm-hmm. i think that for me i agree college isn't necessary but i also think what would you do in those four years what you would be in college like would you try to start your own business would you go out venture out um network would you start at a company that you can build up in position over time but mm-hmm. for me i was like i didn't have a plan so mm-hmm. i was just like okay college might be my best option so mm-hmm. went pushed through all four years and the thing i got out of it the most was um i had a teacher his name was josh dorsey and we had a paper in the class that I was doing i was like okay i can just easily bs this paper so wrote it quick like five pages turned it in the next day and i got the paper back i got like a d on it mm-hmm. and i was like well, I, I thought it was a good paper. Mm-hmm. He spoke to the whole class. He was like, okay, the average grade on this on this paper was a C. The highest grade was a 82%. And the reason being is because this isn't one of those classes you can BS. I want you to put everything you've learned into school into perspective. Mm-hmm. And I want you to go into depth. He said, I got my PhD. I didn't work for an easy route. I wanted to earn this. I wanted to prove mm-hmm. that I deserve this spot. That's mm-hmm. what I want from you guys. So every paper from then on, he was just like, put in your full research 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 mm-hmm. get more info and that honestly pushed me like i was just like okay i'm in school right now i'm i've been settling i've mm-hmm. school's always been easy for me i can get a good grade without trying mm-hmm. that was the first class i've actually had to put in effort in i was i really appreciated that and it just made me think okay sounds like a good life. teacher he was really cool he was um he gave us a group a project the final year project where we had to go out and help out the ontario rain a local hockey team mm-hmm. build up more tickets uh, get more tickets sold for the year and that was our final project and present our idea in front of the team's like marketing director and everything. And like, that's something that you don't get from other classes, other teachers and mm-hmm. real world experience. Real world he was experience, just saying yeah. you have to push hard because there's always going to be somebody trying harder than you. And yeah, fight for your spot. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I'm doing over here. Um, mm-hmm. The podcast world is, is, is fight for that, that spot. When you look at, when I look at YouTube videos and I doing my research and, and watching people and, and listening to different podcasts and see what they're doing and how they're marketing their stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of these people that are starting off starting to do podcasts, 
are already famous or already well known and so mm-hmm. they already have that following but the people that are starting off and they don't have a following and, and they want to try to create one uh you know it it, it looks like you're, you're you're fighting a battle uphill yeah but there's seven billion people on this planet you know there, there's there'll be there'll be a uh i'm fighting for a spot and i'll we'll get we'll get there you yeah. know i'll get there uh you know it's just amazing to see like man these guys like a hundred I, I think my highest view on youtube uh is like uh a hundred people you mm-hmm. know and, and to me that's an accomplishment you know and then you see the other people these tiktokers and you know, these guys like jake paul logan paul these guys <laughs> got millions of views and it's like is that a good thing or is that a bad thing for society because what are, are they really promoting stuff or mm-hmm. are they just or they in the, in the entertainment industry yeah i use it as motivation you just like look at that and you're like okay like not trying to like judge them or bash them but it's just like what makes them more qualified than me you know mm-hmm. like why do people yeah. want to hear their message more than me? So it just makes me push forward. Like, let me try harder than because I don't hate on them. I think that they deserve to be where they are because they work for it. So mm. it's on me if I don't get to that point because yeah. I'm, I could look at them and I can hate. But what am I going to do in the meantime to try to get there, you know, mm-hmm. or try to surpass or something like that? Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a good boxer, uh, Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. He just he just knocked out uh, Ben Askren. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Oh, he popped him. <laughs> did you think? What did you think was going to happen? Honestly, I thought the same thing was going to happen because I I'm a big UFC fan, so I know Askren doesn't have hands, so I kind of expected like a I thought it would last a little longer, but I expected mm-hmm. a knockout in general. It's an easy payday for Askren. He wasn't really motivated. Yeah, well, he just got done with hip surgery, right? Yeah. He just had hip surgery, I think, six, seven months ago prior. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I thought he'd at least go one round, dude. That dude just, <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, does yeah. he really hit that hard? Or was he just like, I'm just going to take the fall and walk away? Hey, either or, he got paid, so. <laughs> Man, he got paid more than he, he did his whole career with, with uh, Bellator and mm-hmm. uh, UFC, huh? Yeah. Dana White don't be paying people, man. Hey, hey, it's it's uh they they're making billions off these UFC fighters. That's why they're trying to go union. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go union because when you retire, you're gonna have brain injuries. You're gonna have injuries, ailments, just like uh, where I work. You know, mm-hmm. as a delivery package driver, uh, the wear and tear in your body eventually catches up to you as you get older. And I've seen a lot of people come in and out with uh, they would ha- they would have need hip surgery, knee re- knee replacement, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hip replacement. Uh, shoulder redone, uh, back fusions, all that, all that, all that good stuff that comes with you know putting that wear and tear in. So these guys, these fighters are putting that wear and tear in, man. Are, are I don't know if they're getting taken care of after they're re- when they retire. Yeah, I don't know if they have a retirement, but I know they've been trying to uh, get union involved or, mm-hmm. or you know bring a union in so that they you know can be because yeah, some of these guys want to get paid like five. The beginners get paid like five grand. Yeah, it's nothing. You have to try to get fight of the night, get that 10K bonus. It's just I mean, did you see so that much. one fighter? I forgot who it was. He, uh, it was in the news today. He had a sign that said, 70, uh, Dana, give me 75K. Mm-hmm. You know, like now these guys are begging Dana to pay them. Yeah. You know, hey, give me 75K. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, but I love UFC, and it's a tough fucking sport. It's, a, it's a definitely one of the toughest sports, and I'm a big fan, and – I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'm out of place to even say they deserve more money. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I, I don't work in yeah. the market. I just look at fighters like John Jones, and I'm like, he's at, he's saying he's going to put on the super fight against Francis Ngannou. He wants to get paid, though, because he's not going to put his body at risk. You think he deserves it? I do. I think that he does For everything he's done for UFC, he's been there since, like, when it was getting big and everything. Mm-hmm. He's one of the reasons. Like, he doesn't want to pay – Dana doesn't want to pay him Conor money because Conor is a big superstar, but it's like – Pay him for what he's done for the sport. He's been a multi-time champ. He's mm-hmm. only lost because of drug abuse, uh, PED, ST, uh, PED, yeah, as I say, drug STD, abuse, yeah, steroids and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like the only things that stopped him. Like, but no one's ever really beat him. So pay that man. You know, it's like you're gonna earn so much off this one fight that's happening. Make it the best card ever. I don't know. You can. There's so many ways you can work around it. Yeah, he gained money. a lot of weight too. Yeah. Trying yeah, to fight heavyweight. Oof, mm-hmm. That's scary, dude. Yeah. Going from 205 to 260. What's the max? The, 260 or 250? I think it's a. I, I think, think it's a higher. 265, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because Brock Lesnar would, ha- would have to lose weight because he was walking around like 300. Yeah, got Kimbo sliced back in the day. <laughs> what do you think about this past pay-per-view we just had? Um, I actually didn't watch it. I was out with the one with Ferguson, right, with Ferguson? Yeah. I think Ferguson is done personally. <laughs> I think he sh- it's time for him to hang it up. I don't want to say it, man. He's local. Yeah, He's local I, I love I'll the dude. I'll find you, fool. <laughs> you know? I saw him uh, running at Fullerton Loop one day. He oh, was he over did? there training. He was with his son, yeah, but... One of my favorite fighters all time. No, he's just, he's excellent. Mm-hmm. He uh, just I don't know what happened, but time. Yeah, time catches up to all of us. Mm-hmm. Father time, man. Yeah, what is he? Thirty eight. He's old. He's up there. Yeah, he's like 37, 38. Mm-hmm. But that Oliveira Chandler fight, I like the Oliveira that he won. What's I, the guy he fought? Darush, Darush. Uh, I can't remember the dude that Ferguson fought. I can't dude, remember. Dude, the dude was a beast. He's a monster. He's gonna be up next. And then you have Chandler get knocked out by Oliveira. Oliveira, mm-hmm. Oliveira man, he he he. What he's been in there for ten years, over ten years. He's nice, man. I like I like seeing him. He's he a lot of put heart. it all together. Yeah. You just have this peak. It's like you see these guys struggle. They they're up there. They're competing with the best. Once you get to that top ten, mm-hmm. top five, and you're just going back and forth. And then you hit that, you hit that, whatever. Either it's a mental block because you're mm-hmm. obviously in shape, the best shape of your life. You hit that mental block, and everything just like the puzzles just just form. Mm-hmm. And he put on a clinic, dude. He he looks crisp. Yeah. Like when just when you see these guys compared to the beginners, you see the beginners. I mean, these guys will still demolish the average person. But then when you get to the elite level, it's like, man. Yeah. The way they're fighting now, it's it's, it's so tr- strategic. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like brute force like back in the days with the Chuck Liddells and the the, the, the Shane Carwins. Yeah. And, you know the the Ken Shamrocks. Uh, so what do you think about this upcoming fight with McGregor and uh, Poirier three? I felt like mm-hmm. McGregor just threw the fucking fight, dude. I, I don't think he has the heart anymore. It's like he was first fighting. If you look at all his old interviews, because he was motivated to provide for his family and everything. Now he was this past like month or so like listed the highest paid athlete in the world for this year, one hundred and eighty like, million. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's like how do you really find motivation after you have everything that you wanted? You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like now he's just trying to push himself. Like, okay, I'm fighting for my kids. I'm fighting for my wife, but it's like he's already taken care of them. Yeah. Poirier has stuff to prove still. Now, um, I think Poirier did this fight for the money. I think the last fight he had more heart because he lost to McGregor and he wants the spot. And mm-hmm. if I were him, I would have fought somebody else. Um, try to work towards getting the title but mm. i think he's doing it for the money which i don't blame him either like you're it, get paid if you can take care of yourself take care of your family later on i think he's doing the right thing too what about did you see the fights last night uh no the uh cody love boy yeah i didn't watch it but did i have to get, watch it did he lose unanimous unanimous decision or i don't even remember to be honest i was um out in long beach actually at the beach so i missed the fight oh, but really? i have it recorded i'm ready to watch yeah it i know home. he i know he lost i don't know how he lost though mm-hmm. uh, it's just sad it just sucks to see him uh be at the top and then you know it's just weird i was talking about it with my buddy i go once you get knocked out it's your chin's not the same anymore mm-hmm there's no way. I mean, they go, oh, well, he's young. Yeah, he's young. But now that he's been knocked out, you know, a couple times already. Yeah. How does that affect someone? When, yeah. When, when, especially when you start fighting, you're still fighting the elites. All it takes is one little tap. Now, we've seen it happen to numerous fighters. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's a it's a crazy sport. And I, I think they do deserve uh, more than what, what they're we're giving them. Like fight for the night and stuff like that. I feel like I'm watching Hunger Games. Yeah. Or something. And there's so many fighters now. It's hard to keep 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 track. Yeah, I have a friend. She's actually um, she lives in Rialto. She went to the same high school as me, and her mm-hmm. name is Ivanya. And she's trying to become a UFC fighter because she's just like there's no women fighters. There, there are a lot of women fighters mm-hmm. now, but she's just like they're not getting paid. They're not getting represented. And she's out there killing it. Where she went to uh, Texas recently for mm-hmm. a fight and demolished the girl who was a black belt in karate. Ivanya has like no belts or anything really demolish her in like the first 45 seconds like really what does she do just, just she's a she's a i don't know what she is she's just a monster she was on the wrestling team in high school with people really? yeah what's her what's her what does she fight at what what a weight catch um 115 i think it is oh shit. yeah so she's a monster i looked her up on she showed me the youtube video and everything and she was over there like putting pause on people really? i was proud i was like cool damn <laughs> Yeah, the women's fighting, they, they've they definitely over the years have grown. Do you see Rose? Yeah, won that Rose. She knocked out uh, the uh, Chinese girl, yeah. Zhang. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. I, I watched that pay-per-view, and, well, I watch every pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. 
and she was sitting there on the on the side of the ring before it fought. She was like, "I'm number one. I'm number one. Yeah, I'm the best. I'm the best." And people don't understand. Like, well, what is she doing? She's crazy. No, that works. Mm-hmm. Spoken words, speaking your words out there, and throwing your words out there and into the universe, yeah. they mean something. Yeah, I'm reading this book right now. Um, it's called the four the four amendments or four commandments mm-hmm. something like that i'll i'll, I'll correct the next episode mm-hmm. uh, i got it uh, it was recommended and one of the things they say when you when you speak words those words they they mean something and you could actually harm someone by s- speaking out negative things about them which is gossiping mm-hmm. uh, talking bad about someone and and those words they call it's called in the book they call it black magic mm-hmm. because words have meaning yeah words hurt people um just as much as actions but words hurt more because they travel yeah when you look at the, when you when we're saying these words and my words are going straight into this mic going to the computer i can see these levels they're also going out throughout the room they're traveling through space and yeah i mean obviously i'm probably sounding like an, a, a crazy guy right now but uh, uh, think about it and so when she's doing that and i'm like she you know i was reading the book i go oh i see what she's doing mm-hmm. and Knocked her out the kick, and, and 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 it's amazing what words. I mean, this podcast is all full of words. When yeah. you listen to it, it's either going to inspire you or educate you, and and that's what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. It's about helping people. Uh, you know, my story that I that, that I started this podcast was because I was doing drugs, I was doing bad, and and just going through life. Like, what's life? What's the meaning of life? I got a good job, a good retirement, but what am I going to do during the meantime? Because you're going to work for 20, 30 years and then retire and just move on. And some people are comfortable with that. Like, hey, that, that's what life is. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Me, I wanted more. And I knew for me to do more, I would have to clean myself up and make sure that when I come on this podcast, the words that I speak are the truth and, and being honorable to you and the listeners around the world. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to listen to Johnny, uh, his, his past podcast. He was on episode 28. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go back and look on episode 28. Want to learn a little bit more about Johnny. Um uh, once again, it's an honor to have you on the show. I Thank know you, you're man. a busy person, man. The reason why I wanted you on the show is that I've been watching you on Instagram, uh, do your 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 thing, mm-hmm. helping the community, which is something I, I I'm always I always back somebody that's doing good for the community. Thank you. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your, your what you're doing right now? Yeah. So um, this time last summer, uh, last year, we had um, it was like during the time of like the BLM protest, COVID was first happening and everything. Yeah. So. We were just like me and some of my friends. We were just thinking like we saw a whole bunch of like videos and we were like, okay, we understand like people are protesting in the streets. We understand why. What's going on with like the homeless people that live in the streets? Because no one ever really thinks of them. They're always the last thought. Whether it comes to money from the government, health, everything, they're always at the bottom of it. So mm-hmm. we were just thinking last year, okay, let's put on like a little thing. Let's try to raise money for them and try to like just feed a few people. So mm-hmm. uh, the Saturday it was. June 1st, we said, let's just put this out and let's see what happens. We thought we'd make like $1,000 in donations. Um, four days later, we hit $15,000 just from people donating to us and everything. People believing so what'd our you, vision. So what'd you, what'd you look for? What'd you say? We're going to go for how much? Uh, we said so we're going to go for 1000 1000 Uh-huh. And you end up getting 15000 15000 And how did you go about promoting or get, get that money coming in? Man, um, I put up my – what we were doing, I put up the story for why – I put up the vision that came to me online and told people, here's my Venmo. Here's what we're going to be doing. All we're looking for is either one volunteers or two donations to help. And people will just responded to that. I had a friend named Devin in Rancho. He makes these shirts. He has this uh, clothing brand. And he was just like, hey, what if I made some shirts to help sponsor you guys? So he made a shirt. He said, whatever the profits is, he's going to donate. He made about $1,000 off of that Whoa. and then matched it himself with him and his friends with the clothing brand and sent that to us. And then Whoa. people, there was one lady reached out to me on Twitter. She was um director for Lizzie McGuire, the old Disney Channel show. She directed one of the episodes and was like, hey, I love what you guys are doing. I'm going to send you guys something and sent us 500 bucks. Damn. So people randomly in different areas you didn't know were reaching out. And I think it just goes to show when you put your full energy into something, it's going to pay off. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm selfless giving and everything too because there was we opened doors back yeah exactly and people come up to me they still offering like like do you guys still doing this are you guys still doing that and we decided to make it into a non-profit where 
this upcoming June on the 19th, we're going to be doing a clothes drive now for the homeless in uh, Skid Row as well. So when we went out there the first time, they were so loving. They said they liked it because normally when people go out there, they do it for their promotions and stuff. You see a lot of celebrities doing it. Um, and we were talking to this one guy, and he was saying, we honestly love how you guys are out here. We don't mm -hmm. see anybody out here like with film with cameras and stuff catching us, trying to see make us look a certain way. We're humans too. We like we have our rights and the stuff. A lot of them have jobs and a lot of them choose to live there. They were saying, because they don't want to pay rent. They don't want to do this. And some of the some guy was telling me he was like, yeah, I'll go to this local bank bank right here. I'll take some money out. I'll go get dinner for me and some of the people that live on my street. And he has a full time job. He's a janitor making I think he said like sixty k a year. So it's just like they're real people. Like you know, mm -hmm. and touch most touching story. There is this mm -hmm. one guy who was from South America and he was talking to us. He was just saying. Yeah, I grew up in South America. Um, I came up to Mexico because I was just trying to escape that life in South America. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. He lived in Mexico, cardboard boxes for walls, um, didn't have anything. And then he decided, I'm just going to come to America. I'm going to take my chances there. Moved to Skid Row. He said this is the best he's lived in his life where he has a tent. He takes He poops off the side of the street. He was just like, well, I don't have toilet paper. I use old shirts and everything. I, this is the American dream for me. I would have Holy never thought. Shit. Yeah. How bad was it over there? That's what I'm saying. Like, it just puts in perspective. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. It's bad. They don't even show, the the news media doesn't even show. Everything's blocked. I, I say mm -hmm. this to people, and I'm getting to my conspiracy theories now, is the media is only going to show you what they want to show you. Yeah. And if we were to see what's really going on around the world, because people don't understand what happened with COVID. COVID, when COVID hit, we're giving aid. United States is giving aid to other countries mm -hmm. and, and that are undeveloped, and we're sending food to them. And but when COVID hit, the third world country gets hit hard. Yeah, and we don't even know the numbers of the starvations, but we can see what's happening with India with the COVID. Mm -hmm. There are so many people dying. They, they, they and over there they burn their bodies, and they they, uh, they cremate them. And one of the guys I was watching a video on YouTube, and, and yeah, I watch YouTube, bro, bro, science. Uh, you two get a lot of good information. Yeah. So I was watching it, stumbled on one. It was an Indian uh, outlet. And the, the guy that was in charge of cremating the bodies, he says, we're overwhelmed. He goes, in the smell. And it's hot over there. Yeah. It's always hot and humid and it's like the pollution. And then on top of it, they're burning bodies nonstop. And he says that, he goes, we're so far behind the pile. Bodies are just piling up. But people don't understand that the what's going on in the, in the third world is it, it, a lot of suffering. So... I couldn't imagine if he's saying he's living the American dream, living mm -hmm. on a tent on the streets of uh, Los Angeles, uh, taking big dumps on the street and wiping his ass. And he's saying this is the American dream. I couldn't imagine, dude. Yeah. It put life in perspective for me. Like, I'm so ungrateful for I was so ungrateful for like what I had. I was just like, I want to be this. I want to have this, you know, but it's like all that stuff is just like it's um unnecessary. It's just like worldly goods, you know? Yeah. His was just the mindset. I'm here. I have opportunity here. Mm -hmm. I'm away from whatever bad is going on in the country I was from. Mm -hmm. So that's all he wanted. And he's living that. And it's just it how grateful you can't, you should be for things that you do have in your life. You mm -hmm. know, so I changed my whole mindset on everything. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about your, that experience the first yeah. time. Obviously you're going to do, you're, you're planning on doing another one. We'll get to mm -hmm. that. But tell me, tell me more, man. I mean, that this, you, you created something out of nothing. Now mm -hmm. it's a nonprofit uh, foundation where, where you're going to go and you're continuing to help. Are you, have you done anything else since that one or are you just um, doing it like annually now? So since that one, we haven't just because we decided to make it into an actual like nonprofit okay, so so yeah, you gotta... filing paperwork and everything. Mm -hmm. And we can't ask for sponsors until we have the tax exempt status. So we're going to be getting that this upcoming month in June. So mm -hmm. we'll be able to take, start taking donations and mm -hmm. telling people, okay, here's our charity number. And mm -hmm. so that will be pretty cool to receive those donations. Um, with the first event, it just kind of like woke something up and like yeah. me and all my friends where it's just like, okay, we can, we can do this mm -hmm. like because we have the proof. We just did it mm -hmm. and there were no setbacks or anything. So what's to stop us from doing other things? Like we don't have to always do the same thing. And we just want to promote like well-being because mm -hmm. um, a lot of us in times of COVID and everything had gone through like some mental battles and everything. Have you been well. down there since COVID had hit? Have I've been gone? down there once and... It's gotten worse. Yeah, it's crazy. More people. 60,000 plus? Yeah. Maybe more? I was reading an article. Um, my friend Eli actually wrote about it on our website, too, saying that um, because of COVID, um, landlords aren't really able to evict people anymore because um, yeah, the, the, the law and everything. Law, yeah. yeah. But that's supposed to expire soon, too, right? Exactly, yeah. So when people are getting evicted, like the L.A. County area, um, 
a lot of people are going to be getting evicted in the area because they can't afford rent. They lost jobs and everything. So mm-hmm. they're going to start becoming homeless. And we're supposed to see those numbers in the streets uh, increase. I think it was estimated like 14% or something like that Holy for this smokes. upcoming few, like five years or something like that. So it's kind of crazy to me. So you got people that, that choose to live out in the street and, mm-hmm. and be with their brothers and sisters. And then you got the ones, I mean, how much help is there? Mm-hmm. Because I heard there's plenty of help. It's just a lot of these people choose to live on the streets because they want to do, come and go and do as they please. Yeah. Such as dabbling with the devil's dandruff or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the hair ron and, and the crack rock and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, do, you, do you know kind of what, what you've seen out there? Like, is there a percentage of people like that? I mean, how much mixture do we mm-hmm. have in there? I remember when we went down there, we were talking to this one guy. And he was saying how he had a good job. Um, I think he said like 20 years ago, I had a good job. I was making around like 80, 90K at this job. Got caught up with the wrong girl. Got addicted to drugs. Left her. Then she came back in my life. I got addicted to drugs again. And it just went downhill. And he was just Sounds like. about right. Yeah. <laughs> he was saying like, I just lost it. Like He's like, God gave me a chance to leave that behind me. And mm-hmm. I fell back into it. I just just gave into the temptation and mm-hmm. it brought me back to where I am. And mm-hmm. he was just saying like a lot of people, when we were down there, there was only one person that did give us issues where they just came down like right in the middle of where we were, started like cursing up a storm. And you could tell that something was wrong with them a little bit. Like they were yeah. off mentally. How many so. of them do have mental problems? A lot. There was a, I forgot the number, but it's over 40% of them have a, something mental, mentally wrong with them. I read that up uh, the other day when I was making a little blog post. So, so where did where'd you go last time? Did you go straight to Skid Row? We straight to the heart of it. We went to um. Then you right did. What did you go? Did you bring up? I, I saw, I remember mm-hmm. it's been a year, but I remember you were documenting everything. You showed, mm-hmm. I remember you shot a picture of all the, all the stuff you had purchased mm-hmm. in your house and you just, and people kept flooding you with water bottles. And, yeah. I mean, what, what kind of stuff were you guys getting? We were getting uh, water, water. Underwear, deodorants, oh. socks, some foods like where some were you snacks. getting the stuff from? Sam's Club. Sam's Club. We hit them up so much. They knew us as the uh, nonprofit, as the uh, homeless guys. They're like, the homeless, homeless guys, guys are back. Are back. <laughs> yeah, they talked to us. Um, How many manager. of you guys were involved in this? The first one. The first one. There were five of us that were like mainly involved with running it, and then when we actually put on the actual event, we had about 70, 80 people come out to support us wow. in terms of like working the street and everything. So. That was crazy to me. Did we got you a lot guys, of weren't you guys scared at, or getting robbed or? Honestly, uh, I was more scared of the rats in the street. I was what? like, man, I hate rats. Mm, me <laughs> there too. Was one How that, big were they? One of them was like this big. He was like the size of a cat and really? just ran straight past us. And I was like. In the middle of the day? Middle of the day. They were bold. They would, um, some guy was saying, oh yeah, they come in our tents and take our food all the time. Like those rats are bold. You think the, yeah. I think New York's bad. I just watched another mm-hmm. documentary in New York. They have dogs that go. The trained dogs to go and kill rats. That's crazy. And they they went. Uh, I think it was a vice. It was a vice episode. Mm-hmm. And dude, some of the rats, dude, were like, you know, what I mean, they're yeah. huge. I was like, dude, they get that big. Size of footballs and stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude. Dang. During the day too. Yeah. So what's the what's the next plan now? So you got your what's the foundation called again? Uh, new uh, Neighbors Foundation. New Neighbors Foundation. Mm-hmm. And where can people get a hold of the New Neighbors Foundation? Yeah, you can either check it out on Instagram at, at New Neighbors Foundation or uh, newneighborsfoundation.org online. And mm-hmm. yeah, those are two main platforms right now. You can always also follow me, OG underscore Little Bill on Instagram. Um, we tend to just put stuff up on the website. We have a few blog posts that we're trying to do weekly. Um mm-hmm. We put one up recently. My friend Aaron, he was recently battling depression. Um, he went to NYU mm-hmm. and was a film major there. And recently, he just had um he had to come back home because he was battling depression, alcoholism. It's just a whole own story. And wow. he wrote about it on the blog, just everything he was going through. And he titled it "Don't Forget to Breathe" because typically, when you have panic attacks and anxiety attacks, oxygen seems to be the hardest thing to find. I used to have I used to have bad anxiety. I used to have. Yeah. Uh, bad it would just come upon me and one thing i learned late after having these episodes was a uh get a brown paper bag mm-hmm. or any type of bag and it, the problem is when you're having these panic attacks is your body's taking in too much oxygen mm-hmm. and so if you breathe through a paper bag it levels it out because you're when you're breathing out uh and you're breathing in you're breathing out carbon dioxide and so it's just breathing in that leveling yourself out with the carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. I tried it once. I didn't believe it. I was like, no, it's not going to work. And I actually did it a couple puffs. 
and it went away. That's crazy. Yeah, it said because when I my research it says you're taking in too much oxygen, mm-hmm. and you need to level it out. Because I was like, why? Why does breathing through a bag is it? It's because you're breathing. Your your body started taking. It's panicking. Yeah, taking too much oxygen, so you got to level it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I haven't had a, an anxiety attacks in a long time. Uh, you know, it had to be with drug abuse mm-hmm. and, and going through my phase of, you know, being a jerk. You know, uh, but uh, how's he doing now? He's good. Um, he just graduated. He's a film major at CBU, and he's living his life. He's gonna be. Um, he's writing a script for a movie. Is now. he still going through it? He's good now. He went to rehab. He reached out for help. He reached out to his mom and said, "Mom, I need to come Alcoholism home." Alcoholism will kill people. Exactly. Do you know, if you try to just cut it off, you can actually die from alcoholism. Yeah. You know, uh, heroin, you won't die off of heroin, withdrawing from heroin. You'll, you'll go through a, a, a tough phase. Mm. Uh, think cocaine, uh, you can have possibly uh, side effects such as uh, uh, seizures. I know with Xanax, you'll get seizures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one that won't kill you from c- kicking it is heroin or opioids because uh, I've been through that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but alcoholism, I know someone that was addicted to alcohol. Is uh, Alcohol, he was a helper of mine during the season and his withdrawals are so bad where he would literally be shaking violently and, and going through going through these phases mm-hmm. but alcoholism coming off of alcoholism will kill you yeah it, it's it you, you literally got to go and get the professional help for that one i believe and it. uh man what was he drinking drinking bottles man honestly i don't even do remember. remember he was he was telling me about it before he was like anything that was in front of him he just do drink whatever it was and it just went downhill or um it was just it hit his life a how lot. Old, how old is this cat? Uh, about to be twenty four. Okay, damn, he's yeah. young too. Mm-hmm. So he's sober now. He's doing good things. Sober, huh? living his life. Just graduated. Um, writing a movie now. He's gonna be going to USC for a film school right after. Mm-hmm. And he said that if he didn't have that moment, he wouldn't be where he is today. So he's grateful it's, for it. It's something that when you go through me personally, mm-hmm. I've talked about it plenty of times on my podcast of, of. of you know, beating drugs and, and, and being addicted to drugs and, and finally getting clean and beating it, it does do something to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I can do this, if I can do this and I can do this, then I can do this. Yeah. It just gives you more strength and more experience. Mm-hmm. Right. I could have sit here and tell you, you know, if my life was good, I came from a wealthy family and, and I just want to start. I had to go through these things, uh, life experiences so that I can teach other people how to get through them because yeah. we're all going through things in life, right? Mm-hmm. We're all whatever it is, whether it's a, uh, a beef with the spouse or beef with the family member or, you know, personal issues with addiction. Uh, we're all going through it and mm-hmm. we're all looking for ways to get out of it. You know, me being addicted to pills, um, Oxycontin, Oxycodone, uh, Percocets and Norcals and, and, uh, you know, those are just some of the ones, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they go higher. Now you got fentanyl. Now they're putting in the cocaine. Uh, but when you look for help, you go and you ask for help. I'd ask for help. I wasn't getting the right help. I had to go on my own journey and, f- and figure out where, where am I going to get the right help from? Mm-hmm. And through my own research and through my own discovery, I found there's ways where you actually can get better without uh, going to get pharmaceutical drugs uh, mm-hmm. such as Suboxone or Methadone to help you kick uh, heroin, which is, you know, another form of, uh, it's heroin's the main form of opiates. Yeah. That's where opiates are made from is from the poppy plant. So get going through all that I've learned. And now that's why I started a podcast, I can help people if you want to get off, but it's also a mental issue too. Mm -hmm. You got to mentally be willing to do it. It's a journey. This is the one thing that doctor told me, uh, Dr. Nazar, uh, which I got to get him on the show too. Mm-hmm. He says you got to picture yourself walking through the woods, right? You didn't you didn't just start doing pills yesterday, uh, you know. All the years of just dabbling in it, you know, back injury. Here's some pills. Another back injury. Here's some pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, homie's got a back injury. I don't like these. Here, here's some pills. Uh, think about walking through the woods and how far you've walked in these woods during uh, pers- uh, and and the situation that you know you put yourself in mm-hmm. you go walk into the woods all those years you can't just turn around and just come back out the next day yeah you got to go you got to as far as you walked in through this forest you got to turn around and walk back and that was the hardest part to to tell yourself because you you take you would take the medication that's supposed to help you with the cravings and the aches and pains and, and the suicidal thoughts i mean everything that goes along with with coming down off of of drugs and I had to learn. I thought like, oh, oh, a week later, oh, I'm good. Get off the medication. Mm-hmm. No, 
Because, you know, two weeks later, you're hanging out and, hey, I got these pills, I got this, or this, or this. It's it's not just physical and it's mental yeah. and it's spiritual. Well, kudos to him, man. Yeah, props to him, man. I, I remember um, my grandpa always told me, he was just saying, like, whenever you have your battles that you're going through mentally, physically, whatever it is, is once you overcome that, you always think to yourself, the next battle, the next battle is going to be harder than that one. And that's because you overcame the first one. So that can never affect you again. That same thing you were going through, it won't hit you the same way. So it has to be a little harder to get to you. And you tend to notice problems more than you tend to notice what you overcame already. So mm-hmm. kind of putting it in perspective, like you were saying earlier, like I graduated school um, for you. I got over my drug addiction, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like. Why, since you overcame that, use that as motivation to get over what other battle you're going through the next battle, you know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. if you overcame one, you can overcome it all. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. a matter, it's just, it depends how much work you put into it, as you were saying. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to, man, 24, he's young, too. He seems mm-hmm. like he's smart, too. Genius. One of the smartest people I know. It's usually the geniuses that have problems, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, obviously, we don't got people now like Elon Musk. What do you think about him tearing up the game? <laughs> I think he's evil person. I have a whole like conspiracy theory. One? I think, yeah. What do you think about Dogecoin? Honestly, I'm, the cryptocurrency. Yeah. I still don't even know how it works. I'm not People a fan are putting of it. money in it. They're putting money in it, and they, oh, mm-hmm. look at it. It's just, I don't. To me, it seems like it's just a pyramid scheme. I you don't want to so. be the last one holding the bag. Yeah, and for me too, it's just like I look at cryptocurrency, and I think, I think overall, it is bad for everybody because. For me, I like tend to think of things in terms of like the homeless. How are they going to get cryptocurrency in? They're not going to be able to get anything. You can't say, oh, let me send you two Bitcoins so you can get some food, you know? Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. So it's just like, I think it, overall it would be bad for the environment. And as the value of a dollar goes down, cryptocurrency is going to be going up because people are going to want something that's more quote unquote secure mm-hmm. and something that's increasing. So I'm not a really a big fan. Mm-hmm. Granted, I did buy a few shares of like Dogecoin as well, just so I can yeah. get some money. I like, try to flip <laughs> it real quick, but... I tend to, whenever I work with stocks and stuff, I try to buy bigger things, um, things that are more secure and everything like that, like Boeing, Disney, like things like that, that yeah. I know will go up over time. Yeah. Yeah. This cryptocurrency, all the young kids, uh, you know, some of my friends too, uh, they're really big in, in, in crypto. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm old fashioned. I just, I have my 401k and mm-hmm. I have my uh, financial planner and he, and he puts it to, you know, where, you know, it's the long run. Mm-hmm. I always tell people it's the it's the long game, uh, the the turtle versus the hare. Yeah, you know, uh, take your time and, and and you know people just want to get going back to where we talked about earlier. People want it want it fast. They want it now. They want to mm-hmm. get rid. Look at man, I started making good money when I was twenty four when I became a driver. That that was a life, you know, making good money. You know, life is good, and I got into trouble by. Thinking like this is it. This is it. I'm gonna work for 30 years. Got a good job. Graduated mm-hmm. college. Perfect family. It didn't work out that way. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. You get tired of partying and drinking and and every every day. I mean, me. I'm a barbecue guy. If I could barbecue mm-hmm. every day, I'd barbecue every day. I, li- I like listening to my music. Yeah. I like throwing uh, chicken on and or whatever cooking steaks. I mean, one thing I do when I'm done with the podcast and I post it. And I'm done, like I'm done with my job. Like, ah, oh, I did it. <laughs> I like to go barbecue, listen to music, drink some beers, and then I can work on my marketing. I post my my, my videos, and it's an and it's an amazing thing, you know. That's my satisfaction now. Is once I post it, now I can relax and, and, and barbecue. Uh, but when I was younger, uh, I was just drinking just to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing else to do. I had nothing. I come home from work. Well, what am I gonna do? Watch Lakers, drink some beer, yeah, barbecue. Now I have now I have I found something where at least now I know I can enjoy myself and have a few beers and not get over the by knowing that I, hey I, I'm doing something and, and doing my part. I mean, I don't know. I guess I could not do a podcast and just come up from work and keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just hard. I think that once you do find your thing, you know, for you is barbecuing. I think that that's your getaway. That's your um that's your peace and that's your serenity. You know, when you yeah. go there, you escape. You're, it's just you and your grill. So mm-hmm. I think once you do have those things, like for me, it's golf now. I love oh, golfing. Oh, that's yeah. right. You do golf, huh? Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I'm out there once a week, even if it's just the driving range. Where are you playing like, at? It depends. I'll, I've been to um, my favorite golf course in, in Southern California has been a Goose Creek in Harupa Valley. 
love that course so much. Goose, that's over there off the 15, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a nice course, huh? I used love to play it. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's right not- when I lived Corona, I played it uh, probably two years ago was the last time I played it. Mm-hmm. I love the landscape, huh? Yeah, it's so nice. Do you play in the mornings or middays? Mornings. Um, mornings are the best. You yeah. still get that fog over the over the brush. Mm-hmm. It looks so nice out there and peaceful. It's just like you, your friends. I've been the past two times I went golfing. I just went by myself. I was mm-hmm. just like, you ever escape. thought about doing like a fundraiser? I have actually for work. I've been thinking about doing like a fundraiser more so, or like even like a just an event, a charity can, event. Yeah, I think that'd be fun, like having like a little tournament or something like that. Charity or, event. Yeah. I, I'd definitely be into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just played. Uh, we just we expanded our tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my cousin, we started playing golf uh, years ago in our twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up with this jacket he made a replica of the masters jacket oh yeah so every masters we would get together and we would we would play golf and whoever would win would get to hold the jacket for the year mm-hmm. so we just recently did it recently and we expanded it from four people to eight. Oh wow so we had no you know i think we had three groups no wait we had eight 16 so it had to be mm-hmm. 16 people right four no no two no eight my bad so it's two per guard uh-huh so yeah we expanded it from four to eight now and it was cool. It was it was fun. It, it's it's a learning experience. Obviously, uh, there's kinks to be. You know, people were get, getting mad because uh, uh, we were doing the the guy that I was playing with. He was a scratch golfer, mm-hmm. and if we got to the hole with the he called it within the grain. Within the grain means your the leather on your your putter. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's within that length, then it was a pickup. Pick yeah. up, take it. And some people were having problems with this, saying, "No, you got to finish it out." You know, either or I could I could do either or. Yeah. You know, when you're comfortable with playing golf, it, a, a two you're not gonna miss two footers, two footers, uh, three footers. I when, miss you a know, lot of those. So you do? <laughs> yeah, I get. So when he said that, I said I get it. I guess there yeah. are people that would. Uh, you know, me, I'm I'm pretty decent. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if I'm practicing. Uh, I took second place this nice. last one, which people said that I cheated, which I didn't. <laughs> so fuck you guys. Uh, you know, that's why I had my boy Freddie with me because. You know, my boyfriend's, you know, making sure he's an honorable man. He's, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not there to cheat. Why would I cheat to win, dude? Yeah. You know, if I fucking took a six on the hole, I took a six. You know, uh, but I played it good. I, th- I shot a 90. Nice. And I was close to shooting that 89. And, you know, the course we played, we played Diamond Bar. Oh, yeah. I heard it was that my was first nice. time. I was first time playing it. And then me, I'm always like, let's play from the whites. Mm-hmm. I haven't played. I did practice that week. I went, I started doing stretches at home on Monday. Uh when, uh, Tuesday I went to the driving range And then Wednesday I rested And then Thursday Got there early I warmed up And that was good enough mm-hmm. uh, The guy that won He shot a four over oh, uh, You're not yeah, catching that Yeah I'm not catching that There's no way I'm catching that But he said he used to be a golf coach And his dad almost went pro mm-hmm. A few years ago So I mean that's That's golf family right yeah. there Yeah it was cool, man. It was it was it was a good time. We're gonna grow this and and hopefully turn a cha- turn it into a charity. That'd so be where cool. we all get together, hey, everybody chip at ten bucks and it's donated to a, a foundation or something and, mm-hmm. and, and and make fun and make make it fun. We can have fun, but let's make sure we spread that love. Yeah, and we spread that spread that fun to other people. Yeah, you guys. You have might as well, right? Yeah, you're gonna be out there anyway, so you might as well. You know, I yeah. always think like, um, me and my friends were talking the other day about this like this event that we're doing. We're just like. We have a lot of clothes that we don't even wear. Like, I threw out everything but six outfits in my closet. I was just like, I don't need it, you know? Like, pass it on. We don't need this. We're not using it. Let's mm-hmm. give it to somebody else. We're healthy. We're able to do what we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't. Some people can't do Like, for us, we're golfing. Mm-hmm. Some people can't get up and golf, you know? Like, help them out. Let's mm-hmm. try to donate to them. Um, there's an African golfer. I forgot his name, but he was just in a tournament. Two prosthetic legs because he lost them in an accident two years ago and mm-hmm. push forward work through people were donating so he could get these legs just so he can golf and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's so grateful he started crying after the tournament and i was just like wow that was so touching to watch does fullerton have a golf team mm-hmm. yeah we do did you uh you ever think about joining when you were in school <laughs> nah i Fullerton's honestly hated one. golf uh really? growing up my dad what made you like it now covid uh, once covid kicked off i was just like what can i do i'm bored so mm-hmm. There's this driving range in Fullerton off Harbor. It's called a uh, Golfer's Paradise. Yeah, that's where I go. Yeah. That's where I go practice. Love that. The, they, have you gotten the wings there? 
I haven't ate there yet. It, yeah. They have wings. You can get, I think, like 10 wings, a pitcher of beer, and a large bucket of golf balls for 26 bucks. Damn, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's good deal. I go there all the time for that. And really? Smacking it, yeah. Yeah, it's right up the street from me. Mm-hmm. Do you ever play Fullerton Golf Course? Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, the cart girl, her name is Willow. She's super nice. And she's yeah. if you go, bring her truly, she'll give you free shots. She's so nice. She's just <laughs> like, I need to trade any day. Oh, everybody the show's going to go now. Where's Willow at? I got Man. a truly for Willow. her. Willow. <laughs> Willow, dope. huh? That's mm-hmm. a cool name. Yeah, she's from uh, Australia. She's really nice. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to get out there, man. We got to get out there and play. That would be so cool. Down. How's your game? I'll probably be like low hundreds, like 102. Um, mm-hmm. My handicap is like 30-something. What so. do you like to do? Drive, putt, middle of the um, fairway, chip? What's your what's your expertise? I, my favorite is driving, but as of recently, my short game has been like pretty good. Like My, uh, my pitching and my uh, chip shots, they've been pretty nice. And... Mm-hmm. I know how to flop. I don't know how I could flop, but I know how to do it for some reason. Like I can, I'll give me my 60 degree. I'll hit it over the bunker, like no problem. But middle of the fairway, my second shot's always my worst one. And then if I have a good one of those, my putting is off. So what kind of like clubs do you have? Callaways. Um, I have me a, too. yeah, I love them. No, no, I got Taylor Bays. My bad. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Callaways. I have a Cobra hybrid, a four hybrid. Mm-hmm. And then my putter is um, one of the Stroke Lab ones. Did so. you buy them brand new? Did you get them used? used? Yeah, I got them used. I'm from, not from Roger Dunn's? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they fit them for you? Custom fit them? Yeah, I got them fitted and everything, which was cool. Um, I'm way better now than I was like even like two months ago where I can hit now. Yeah. Um, so you're practicing like once a week? Yeah, at least once a week. Um, this yeah. past week I went. Three times. Just Do you go range. by yourself or you go with friends? Both. It just depends. It depends. Um, if no one wants to come, I'm like, I don't care. I can just go. I can have fun. Put some earphones in and just record my swing and edit it. I just recently, I had these old shoes. So, I had first, my first pair of golf shoes were Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. I paid like 280 for them. Okay. All leather. Eventually, I, I, there was over so many years, the bottom just came out the sole. Mm-hmm. Had to throw them away. My cousin had an extra pair of Nike golf shoes, gave them to me. White ones. Had them for years. And then finally, with this tournament, I had to do. I was like, I need new golf shoes. I went and bought some Jordans. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's some uh, some Jordan golf shoes. So they're not the attachable ones. They're mm-hmm. already it's already pre. Oh yeah, uh, foam. But they were good. They're nice. I believe it. Yeah, man. So I have those. Uh, I've only worn them once, but I had to. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I'm gonna be playing golf, which I I used to play golf all the time, dude. I used to play sometimes three times a week. Dang. Yeah, I used to play with different people. A, a lot of scratch golfers back in the days. Uh, yeah, people don't – when I try to tell them the story, I was like, dude, I started golfing when I was, like, 19. I got introduced to the game. Mm-hmm. And then once I, I had my first kid, I was 21, I really couldn't do anything. Yeah. But go play golf, you know, go just get out there and, and hang out. And that became a big part of my life until, you know, my back started fucking up, mm-hmm. you know, got two herniated discs. And so I went from being playing golf three times a week to twice a week to once a week. And my back would just start being sore, start being sore. And then it went from golfing once a month because the more I'd play, uh, my back would act up and I wouldn't be able to work. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to work and you're working and you're overworking your back. And I mean, I tried everything, therapy, stretching. Uh, it's just part of getting old. Yeah. You know, all the wear and tear. That's going back to UFC fighters, going back, uh, you know, drivers that have retired, you know, that wear and tear eventually is going to need repair. Yeah. You know, and, and I definitely don't want to have to go under the knife. Uh, so I could play every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. I could play every couple of weeks and get okay. I, I think maybe I needed my back to heal, too. Uh, my back was fine after I played that, that tournament. Nice. Uh, but that's an honor, man. You're playing golf now, too. Yeah. I see you with the Tiger hat. <laughs> what do you think about with Tiger? I honestly think – I hope he's not done because I want to see him play one more time, even if it's, like, him doing bad in the tournament. But I used to see him all yeah. the time at Sherwood Country Club. He would have the Tiger Woods Challenge. Mm-hmm. Me and my cousin would go every year. We wouldn't miss it. We'd go every Sunday and, and see him play. Like, yeah. You would see the professionals, uh, people like uh, – who was it? Like Ian Poulter. Uh, Phil Nicholson didn't play. Um, I think Rory w- was there a few times. Um uh, just the guys back in the days that were top top notch. Uh, Jim Furyk. Jim mm-hmm. Furyk won one year. I took a picture with him that year. He won. Uh, no, he became the PGA champion, mm-hmm. uh, champion of the year or something like that. Uh, that one year when Tiger got caught cheating with all those girls. Oh yeah. I got, and he didn't. He wasn't in the tournament. We still went. I got so drunk. It was like eight in the morning <laughs> when they opened. I fell. I fell on the first hole. Like I fell on the ground. I just knocked out. Yeah. I just blacked out. Next thing you know, this old man's taking me in the golf cart back to my car, and he's asking me what's wrong. 
And here I am, a grown-ass man, crying over Tiger Woods, saying, he let me down, he let me down. You know, I looked up for, to the guy, mm -hmm. and the old dude's like, yeah, you know, I don't know what he says, some type of spiel. But uh, he told me, he goes, you sober up, you can come back in. He goes, but, you know, I understand, you know, where you're coming from. He goes, he let a lot of people down. Yeah. Uh, but I used to go to tournament all the time, man. That, that was the, the – every year I looked forward to it, and then now mm -hmm. they moved that tournament to – I think they'd start at the Bahamas for a while. I think now they're in Florida, Dang. closer by his house. But, yeah, him him coming back. Dude, oh, this is what I was getting to. Mm -hmm. When I would see these golfers hit their balls, right, their trajectory, the distance, you know, you can keep an eye on the ball. But it's the way they swing. It's just so, so easy. And then when Tiger would hit, his ball went twice as high, twice as fall, far. He had different – like, he would, you could – I was like, that's why this guy was number one and won so many tournaments. If you seen the way he hit compared to these pros, mm -hmm. you'd be like, "Damn, dude, that's yeah. crazy." I remember seeing his documentary. I'm not sure if you watched it. I haven't it. seen that one yet. Crazy. He was like saying his first time he golfed with Phil Mickelson. Um, Phil hit his driver, and Tiger was like, "Give me my three wood," and he hit the three wood and hit it further than Phil hit his driver. And Phil was like, "Do you normally hit this far?" And Tiger was like, "No, I normally hit further." And that <laughs> just threw Phil off the rest of the game. Like, <laughs> won that tournament and everything. It was just crazy. Like. You think about I'm gonna it. go watch that when I get home. Matter of fact, you got. I to. do have HBO Max. Yeah, I just ordered that, so it's worth the watch. It's like it's two episodes, I think, and I sat there. I watched the whole thing. I was just binge watching it, and it was good. Yeah, it's like four four parts, right? Yeah, four or five parts. So so worth it. So tell the people again. What's what's mm -hmm. your next big event? So our next big event, we're doing a, a clothes drive. We're going to Skid Row again, June 19th. Um, if you want to donate any clothes, we have our website, newneighborsfoundation.org. You can check us out and sign up. You can sign up for us to come pick up your clothes. You can drop them off to us as well. And, yeah, we're trying to, we're where trying to we, get Where clothes. are we dropping them off at? Um, I live in Fullerton right now, okay. so you can come bring them right over to me. I can pick them up. I don't mind driving. I actually enjoy being on the road. So okay, yeah. I got some way. clothes. I got a closet full of stuff. I got to oh, get. Yeah. yeah, it don't fit me no more. Send them over. I man. got that that COVID. Uh, I gained that COVID weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I feel that. Yeah, we'll take everything. We're just trying to make sure we have enough. Um, trying to get a few barbers as well out there to see if they want to cut hair. See if hopefully they could do it pro bono. But if not, <sighs> yeah, we pay them as well. Cause, I know a couple barbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you can plug them to me, like that'd be cool. I mm -hmm. definitely want to. We help them out too because mm -hmm. everyone that's doing this raw marketing major, so we can yeah, make a little them. like yeah, help them with their page and everything. Um, a few those we're trying to get a few food trucks as well. Um, there's a food truck that I got in contact with recently. It's called the I Love You Restaurants, mm -hmm. and um, just trying to get them to come out there. They offer free food to the homeless, so we're trying to make it a big event. And time what, is coming short. What's but, the date again? You're gonna do this? Uh, June nineteenth. It's the Saturday oh, before Father's Day. That's around. That's around the corner, man. Yeah, so almost like three weeks from now, I think. It so actually. are you still are you able to collect donations right now? Or are you still waiting for that? Yeah, we're able to collect donations. Um, you could donate on the website. Um, in terms of like tax exempt, we won't get that until June second is when it's expected to be delivered in the mail that we are okay. approved. Yeah, because so. you'd be responsible for paying taxes on mm -hmm. that money you get, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, we'll take it all. Though. What happened last year then? You didn't have it last year, right? Last year, we didn't have anything. I collected it via Venmo. Um, I had to pay so much out of pocket for taxes. Did you? But yeah. It was worth it, though. I think it was worth the cause and everything. I didn't mind it. So You had to pay a couple thousand? I think it was like two Gs Lesson out of my own learned. pocket. Yeah. Uh, get a business account next time. Yeah, yeah. Get a business account next time. <laughs> yeah, lesson learned. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to get my – it's not LLC. I think it's uh, – D, D something. A DBA? DBA, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a DBA soon. Uh, you know, I got shirts coming out soon. I, yeah. I, I got some things, but it's baby steps. Yeah. It's learning. It's living and learning, you know, mm -hmm. and then this podcast, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot about this stuff. Marketing, you know, learning how to market and, mm -hmm. and promote your stuff too as well, man. Well, look at man. I know you got you got somewhere to be. Mm -hmm. You, know, you got to drive all the way to San Diego. Yes, sir. Tell the people once again how they can get a hold of you and your foundation. Yeah, you can follow us. Um, our page is newneighborsfoundation.org. You can find us on Instagram at newneighborsfoundation. Um, my at name is OG underscore little bill. Or you can reach out to our number directly at 909-586-0614. Once again, I want to thank all my listeners from around the world that tune in every episode to see me grow, to see me mature. 
and to see me learn things and, and inspire people, especially my guests who come on. Once again, thank you, uh, Johnny, for coming on the show. It was Thanks an honor, man. Uh, matter of fact, write your information down so I yeah. can make sure if you need help or you need anything, uh, let me know. Uh, the Raider and State Podcast is here for you. Uh, to help people and, and promote people, uh, you know, to, to grow and, and to get mentally wealthy and, and spiritually wealthy. Uh, obviously, the, the physically wealthy comes along with that stuff, too. But once again, I want to thank all my listeners that tune in, my family, friends, supporters, uh, previous uh, guests. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. I'll see you next week, uh, Memorial Weekend. All right. You guys be good to one another. Love each other. Have a good week, man. Stay blessed, all right? Peace. See ya.